podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Oh, Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I got a little bit caught up in your, your voice then. <laughs> Mark knows his name. <laughs> Just. <laughs> um, I've been doing that voice to annoy Lottie over the last couple of days. She fucking hates it. <laughs> Great. Um, so, hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to this week's show. Um, Bex is not with us this week. Uh, work commitments... There you go. She's fine. Just work. Um, hopefully, she'll be back next week. Yep. Um, so, what have we got coming up this week? We have got reviews of Uncharted. Yep. Which Mark saw in 4DX. <laughs> fiend. <laughs> looking forward to hearing how, how that was. Um, we have got Steven Soderbergh's uh, like fifth film this month uh, Kimmy uh, the Zoe Kravitz starring Kimmy uh, we've got the review that you said we were going to do last week uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye <laughs> that could be a fun um, review yes it could couldn't it mm. um, oh but not Death on the Nile yeah, we, no we are doing oh, Death on the Nile I just forgot to put out the post <laughs> oh fuck me alright so we're doing Death on the Nile as well I didn't know you got to that fair play um, right so I went to there. strap in folks <laughs> fucking hell right yeah we need to get on it then because um, yeah. there's been trailers a go-go um, been a bit of news as well maybe we'll, we'll get through the news quickly um, we got some I, I, I'm assuming we got some what we watched I know I do um, got a little bit yeah yeah, we've got Twitter questions, so yeah, let's get on it. Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards, $2 a month, uh, early access to the show, and bonus episodes like the men doing their jobs really fucking well, uh, Michael Mann Marathon that we are currently doing. We just recorded our show on Collateral, Viva Barry Shabaka Henley. Um, <laughs> we are podsyndicate.com for more like-minded shows, uh, such as Ginsburg vs. Punter, his film, her movie, um, oh god, Entertainment Landfill, the Iron Sequel, Rewatch Project. Uh, so, uh, yep, um, we are podsyndicate.com. And those are the formalities out of the way. Not going to say my usual ending this week. Um, yeah, I think I think you can give it. A, yeah, <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think maybe give 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 that a break. So the uh, great Ivan Reitman passed away. Um, 
Uh, seems like it was pretty pretty unexpected. Um, passed away in his sleep, apparently. Um, and yeah, what a legacy that guy had. Just a fucking absolute monumental comedy legacy. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the bad thing is when uh, obviously you had the people coming out um, and sort of saying wow you know and putting across like their favourite um, of his movies it, it, I kept on going oh, God, I forgot he did that and I forgot he did that and I forgot he did that um, but yeah there's there's you know there was some there's some films there there's some really good stuff there you know I mean Ghostbusters is, is fantastic but even things like I forgot I, I forgot he did Kindergarten Cop and like um, Dave, um, recently I watched Six Days, Seven Nights and um, Evolution last year and they're just really good films. His last film, Draft Day, is a really fun movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, yeah, no, Draft, draft Day is cracking. Um, it's... Um, yeah, you just didn't really didn't really expect expect it you know because obviously he'd been doing the rounds uh for ghostbusters afterlife and he still seemed to be like spry and uh, you know absolutely there but um yeah i don't know man it just it comes for us all and um yeah i don't know mid 70s doesn't feel like a I don't know. It feels like it, it feels like he he's one of those ones who should have lived to like his fucking nineties and just been about. You know, um, it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, seventy five is a, is a good age to get to, but it does feel like maybe ten years too early nowadays. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, so what else have we got here? Oh god. You know what? There's actually a lot of really kind of like depressing news, like the Alec Baldwin Rust stuff is just fucking like rough. I haven't seen um, this. Oh god! So like the the family are suing um, Alec Baldwin and the other producers, and um, uh, Baldwin's basically saying it was a workplace accident. You know, you should you. Like you can't sue me directly. Like it seems to be getting quite nasty, oh. um, and it just yeah, very very depressing. Um, so I tell you what, unless you've got anything else, let's talk some trailers because there's been a shitload of trailers this week. Yeah, I'd say we go, we go, we go, we go where it's where where it's a little bit more pleasant. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's been some trailers, aren't there? Um, yeah, the contractor. <laughs> yeah, I just watched this one before we started. Um, I, I, like, was Chris Pine not, just not getting a lot of offers? And Ben Foster, to be fair. It looks very fucking by the numbers, this. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, fine I, no, I mean, yeah, no, abs- absolutely. But um, it was a little depressing at the end, just saying, in theatres and on the Apple TV app. App, yeah. <laughs> Like it's not like Apple TV presents. It's just like in theaters. Yeah, and then you get an Apple as well. <laughs> but like, I think it's it's not that it's an Apple TV film. No, it's just you could watch it through Apple TV. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if it's a if it's a quiet week 
And I, I, I feel good that we're in the position that we can say that again because it kind of feels like if this film came out two years ago, we'd be like, manna from heaven. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas, you, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's, um, whereas, whereas now, yeah, we're a little bit like, yeah, we'll probably do that in addition to something else if we get the time. Yeah, or, or Mark will talk about it on what else he watched or something. You yeah, know, like and, and that, that that'll be it. But um, it, it is the most. It, it, it looks like the most Ben Foster of Ben Foster roles. <laughs> yeah, like God, that guy. Like, who is his agent? <laughs> it's, or is he just dif- like? Is he just a bit difficult or something? It feels like it feels like there's a reason why Ben Foster is not as big as it kind of seemed like he would have been 10 years ago. Um, apparently, he can be a, a bit of a... He has a propensity to be a bit of a pain when, when he wants to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, but it's not that he's... Um, Scott Cooper said... It's not that Ben's difficult to work with; it's just that he's very intense to work with. Yeah, so, so Cooper looks like so. You can imagine how much fun we had making hostiles with Ben and Chris <laughs> and Christian. Yeah, my God, fucking hell, that must have been something. <laughs> um, even though, what, one bit of news actually that I forgot about. Um, they are apparently doing another Star Trek film and Chris Pine and whatnot are going to be back. Yeah. Um, directed by the guy who directed uh, the WandaVision show. Um, Fair enough. I, I, I really liked the last um, the last Star Trek movie. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond slaps. Yeah, it, right, do, That's do, a good film. Yeah, do you know why? Because it just feels like a Star Trek movie. That's it. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be a new Star Trek movie or a better version of the Star Trek movies. Nope, it's just a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Oh, God. Also, forgot, Jesus Christ, Netflix are doing a Bioshock movie. Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, like a live-action one as well. Yeah, yeah, great. Great. Who the fuck's going to be a big daddy? I'm looking forward to that. Um, (laughs) The casting and the director is going to be very interesting on that. Like I know a lot of people have been saying it, but Gore Verbinski, like he was working, he was working on a Bioshock movie, uh, uh, movie before, and you look at a cure for wellness, oh, so, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that vibe for Bioshock, fucking all day long. Yeah, because when, when I, I first read that, when somebody said that and said Gore Verbinski, and I was like, really? Got, and then I went, oh, actually, hang on a minute, wait a minute, cure for wellness was 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 it that his last film? It's his last film I can remember. Yeah, yeah actually, I, I could see that. Um. Yeah, I'd be up with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Great. Great. Like. Very happy with that. A little bit concerned that they said, "Oh, and they're looking. Uh, they're looking to do like a cinematic universe." And it's like, I suppose. I suppose that does make make sense given the, like, Bioshock Infinite is like the same universe as Bioshock, but is a very different game. Mm. So you could, like, you could see how that could work in terms of like different movies, but. I don't know, let's walk before we can run, maybe? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Don't announce you're going to do three movies and two TV series before you've even started making your first movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't do the Dark Tower, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, do the, don't do the Universal Monster movies. Yeah, Christ, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so um, fresh. Yes, yes. Did you see the trailer for this? Did yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, got got some pretty mixed word out of Sundance, but got picked up. Will be on Disney Plus over here and Hulu in the US in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. It's, it's weird, isn't it, how quickly some of this stuff is just landing within the next, like, four to six weeks. Yeah, yeah, quite. Um, I feel like I'm going to need to be in a particular mood to watch this, I'll be honest. I'm um, I'm up for it. It looks like it's going to be a bit mad, and I'm hoping that it actually manages to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's. I mean, the 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 poster is incredibly striking. Have you seen the poster? It's is it the one that's a hand shrink wrap like meat for a supermarket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that 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 seems to cool give poster. away things, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, it kind of feels like all right if if they're kind of being as open about all this in the marketing, you'd hope that there's more in, uh, more to it in the film. Yeah, yeah, and it, it does look like there's a, there's an element of of madness to it. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm quite intrigued. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, sold. Yeah, was was, yeah. was already sold, and then I remembered that it was Lonely Island that were doing it. Yeah, I, I mean that's it, isn't it? It's like. I mean, okay, Roger Rabbit is in it, but it kind of feels like it's got that Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of sensibility to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very, very keen to watch this. Annoyed that it's May that it comes out. That feels like ages away at the moment. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where I've seen the trailer, the trailer and I've gone, I kind of want that now. If that, was on the, if, that, if that was out this weekend, I'd be very happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, agree. Absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, other Mr. Happies, uh, Deep Water. Oh, that's a yeah. So that's a that's a teaser trailer. You you know that is very much a teaser. You're watching it going, yeah, I'd fuck you, <laughs> both of you. It, I mean, it, <laughs> it is fucking hilarious, and I hope that this is the only trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, just I mean, it comes out in a few, in a few weeks. I think. I think it's March. Yeah, um, sure it is. And I mean, like, so if the only trailer for this film is Anna de Armas, like, is she jerking him off or just rubbing against him? I, I, re- I, it like, does. It does appear like she's jerking him off, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. I got jerk off vibes from it. Yeah, quite. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was like the friction from the jeans or something, but fucking yeah. Just this should be the only trailer. Like, I'm. I've got a feeling the film. I mean, like the fact that it's like Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas, and it's just been fucking dumped. Um, yeah, I, I get the feeling. I get the great... feeling like they've like they've said, "Oh, um, can we book you to do like a press tour of this?" And they've both gone. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, quite. I, we're not, um, we're not, not friends. But let's not maybe you know spend that much time with each other. No, quite. We, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's two and a half hours long. Oh, fuck's sake, of course it is. All right. We'll see. Um, Windfall. Yeah, this looks... I'm, you know, Windfall is one of those ones where I'm looking at going, right, so it's just going to be them three in a house together kind of having these bits. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, heavy shot during COVID. Sorry. Noel's just said in WhatsApp, Mark, have you seen Uncharted? Because you are fucking in it. <laughs> what role? <laughs> what that guy, not that guy at the end. Which one? The... The one where it kind of feels like this, it, 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 you know, the mid credits that feels like it is a scene from twenty minutes into the second film. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what he says. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, fe- it it feels like it was just a film, kind of like shot during COVID times with a small cast and crew, and you know. We'll see. I mean, the guy directed it. It's the guy directed uh, the the one I love, which feels like it came out a fucking millennial uh, ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll see. It just it very much feels like content. This one, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's going to have any real nutritional value whatsoever. No, it, yeah, it's gonna. You, it's one of those ones where I think you're gonna spend an hour and a half with it and go, "That was all right, that." And then in like a month's time after it, nobody will remember it exists. Yeah, that's exactly it. Lot of four star reviews, and nobody will remember it in six months' time. <laughs> mm. So, I think I think I've only got one more got two more okay go on Doctor Strange oh okay so there's a bigger one than Doctor Strange yeah yeah it only came out a couple of days ago yeah um, okay. All right. it oh hang on yeah alright sorry yeah Doctor Strange yeah um right I'm just gonna st- I'm just going to say this and move on. The Empire Magazine podcast did an hour and a half podcast about this trailer. Uh, 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 What? Right. Like, I wish the quality of that magazine at the moment was good enough that it would be like, yeah, let them fuck about on mics for an hour and a half. Um, like, I don't know. It, it feels like that pod, like the amount of fucking stuff that podcast is doing at the moment, it feels like they care more about the podcast than they do the magazine. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> it's, it, you know, and I, you know, I don't know, like there's ads all over it and I'm sure they, they probably get quite a they probably get a, a good little income from that now. Um, but, like, and also, I mean, I will say, like, I got tangent for a second. 
I have just decided not to renew my subscription to Empire. I did their um, VIP thing where you pay more and you get the spoiler specials. And I get that there's been COVID, but there have been big films lately. But all they seem to be able to put up in any good time is their weekly Book of Boba Fett or weekly Hawkeye or something like that. They posted the In the Earth spoiler special last month. What the fuck? <laughs> and th- th- this, th- this is the thing. It's like, I don't, I mean, I, I, I really don't care six months after the bloody film has come out what you think about it, talking about it, all spoilers and whatnot. Like, get it in the fucking heat of the moment. Yeah, because it's one of those focusing. where you'd, you'd be a little bit like, do you know what? I, 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 it's not long enough that I will rewatch it, but it's too long that I actually remember it. <laughs> yeah, quite. And it, it just—they're focusing so much of their attention on comic book movie stuff at the moment, and it's—I get it because unfortunately, that's probably the stuff that's actually going to be driving the, the, the subscriptions. And fair play, last month they had a Godfather 50th anniversary thing, but it—I honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if 10 of the last 12 months of Empire has either been a Star Wars cover or a comic book movie cover. And it's really fucking depressing. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I could agree with you on that. It's, it, it's something that I, I read very rarely now, to be honest. No, Yeah, I mean, like the thing, I get it with Apple News Plus now, so I've just canned the subscription. But it's going an hour and a half on a two minute long trailer and I get it because these trailers are fucking machine tool to just go well I wonder if X is going to be in it and oh was that voice blah 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 you know that's all it is now and it, it's setting up the you need to see this before you, before it gets spoiled mm. because like increasingly those are the only films that are making serious bank at the box office you know like Spider-Man No Way Home I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a good film. It's a good film. Even though I also listen to another fucking podcast that I regularly listen to this week, where they call themselves a film a, a podcast about filmmakers. We're a filmmaker driven podcast. Um, where one of them was fuck like straight up whining about the fact that No Way Home didn't get a Best Picture nomination. It was just like it's better than this film. It's better than this film. It's better than this film. It's but. But is it though? It's that four meme. It meme is. Is it though? You know. It. You know. I don't know. You can enjoy these films, and I do enjoy these films without going down that fucking rabbit hole about it. And like I say, if Empire was actually a better read than it is at the moment, I'd be less bothered. I think, but as it. Yeah, I think last time I Hour bought... Hour and a half podcast, about two fucking minute trailer, Mark. Yeah. I think last time I bought Empire um, was a few months ago. Um, and I bought it because I was I was, gonna be, I was on a train journey. And I thought, do you know what? I didn't have any headphones with me uh, at the time. Um, and I thought, right, I can either spend 20 quid buying some headphones um, when I already had... Um, it was what made me decide I need to just get some uh, AirPods. Uh, so I thought, I can either spend 20 quid on headphones, but I think this has made me decide to buy some AirPods. Or I can buy a magazine and read a magazine. So I bought Empire. 
and was amazed that I got like a good halfway through the magazine and was like, right, I've not hit a single article yet. Yeah, sure. It's just been ads and like the review bits that used to be like the first seven or eight pages. And then I was like, right, this is this is just quite boring. And then the two main, two main articles were about TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. I mean, it's um, on the cover this month is uh, is Moon Knight, and uh, the like the the bottom it's got featuring two TV things and one movie thing, and it I I don't know. Do do a TV magazine? Oh no, you already tried that, didn't you? For mm. a couple of issues. And then you had to start bundling it in with Empire. So every third month, the price went up by a pound and they stuck in another magazine. And then they stopped doing that. Um, maybe that's a sign. I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, I, I, I find that aspect of like film marketing and whatnot like just depressing at the moment. The trailer itself... It's fine. I'm excited that it's from director Sam Raimi. Yeah, that's about it. it I'm going I'm to say something that you often say. I was watching it going, not a single bit of this was shot on location at all. It was all mm-hmm. shot in front of green slash blue slash whatever screen. Car and park in Georgia, baby. Yeah, and it, it just... I, I was very, very aware of that when I was watching it I was like this doesn't it doesn't even feel like I don't think there's, there's a I, I, I think that from the trailer it made it look like there's maybe like 30 seconds of what looks like real world anyway um, and I'm, I'm praying that this is under 2 hours 10 but I just don't think it's going to be nah that's I don't know it feels like it's going to be 2 and a half hours and Every single Marvel fucking film now is because of No Way Home, and you know, fair play because I reacted positively to it as well. Is gonna be who's gonna cameo? Yeah, all all, all of it, all of them are gonna be that now. All I, of them. I, I like the fact that both me and you had the same reaction to the Patrick Stewart voice thing, though, of not realizing, oh fuck yeah, it's probably that. <laughs> yeah, I like I watched this in bed on Monday morning and heard Patrick Stewart and was like. Patrick Stewart's in it. I wonder who he's playing. And it took me a while to go. Oh shit! Yeah, of course, of course. And even though, again, and th- I think part of the reason why I thought that was because they so definitively ended Professor X in Logan. Yeah, like he was done. Profe- the Patrick Stewart Professor X is done. I, I hope, to be honest with you, I hope he's playing a completely different fucking character and they wrong-foot you in that way. Oh, I'd hope. I, I, I really do hope that. That that would be that would be great. If there was, you know, fine, have one multiverse cameo within it, fine. But don't do the obvious one. And I, yeah, exactly. Would, would they make it that obvious? I don't know whether they would, you know. I don't know. Yeah. It, it just it's uh annoying um you know what would be more annoying is if fucking don krasinski pops up as mr fantastic ah oh, just no 
It's and I I ident- God I am salty tonight. But my I identified my reason for my not liking Krasinski. Google, what was it? Good news thing that he did during COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did think it might be that you were not a fan of the, the way that he handled that, were you? Like just like it was fucking disgusting. Like oh look at look at we're doing this thing which is going to be great and it's going to bring people together. Oh what's that? You're going to. Um, offer me a dump truck of money to sell the rights to it cool all right see ya you know like uh, are you gonna do anything charitable with that uh that money john what money (laughs) it was very much like that yeah yeah it just yeah anyway look i'm looking i'm looking forward to dr strange in the multiverse of madness because i i liked the 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 kind of like the visuals of the first one and I like that it's Sam Raimi playing with a massive toy box. That's it. What What is making me excited for this is it's Sam Raimi with two hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight you know up. that. You know that that two hundred million dollars is landing on the screen. Yeah, exactly that. And the other bit, you also know. He wouldn't have signed on and said, I'll do it, if he didn't have a really good idea about what the fuck he was going to do. Yeah, I mean, it does worry me slightly that they've done quite a lot of reshoots of it. But, I don't know, maybe they just do that all the... Uh, they, they, they probably just do that a lot. But it, it seems like that talk's been more pronounced. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Okay, so what? What's I? I, I feel like I'm having a brain fart here because it's obviously something Super Bowl related. But what's this other one you've got? Jurassic World. Did we not talk about that last week? No. Did we not? Okay. Fuck. No, it only, it only came out this I, week, didn't it? Did it? Yeah, Super Bowl one. There was a Super Bowl Jurassic World one. Oh wait, no, it's TV I mean, spot. Okay, no, it's the I mean, same one. It's TV spot. Yeah, sorry, we have spoken okay, about it. No, God, yeah, I'm having the same. I, what is it as you are? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, the Sam Neil, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern stuff is what I'm looking forward to it for. But I, I like the Jurassic World films fine, and Fallen Kingdom was much more interesting than you'd give it credit for. So, yeah, I'm. I'm up for this. Like, Lord, when they say it's the end of the Jurassic era, what the fuck are we going to get next? Cretaceous Park. <laughs> yeah, I probably uh, won't watch that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that's it. It, kind of, it does kind of feel like, okay, uh, all right, I'm just going to get off the train at this stop. You know? Yeah. Like, you've run out of ideas. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I'm. I'm looking forward to it. It looks really fucking expensive. <laughs> it looks really expensive. Like, just, it really does. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, I mean, it's kind of, it's my Force Awakens seeing, seeing them back, in all honesty. So, yeah, let's go. Nice. So, what should we talk about first? Right, should we get the saltiness out of the way? <laughs> you read my mind, sir. The Eyes of Tammy Faye is directed by Mike, Michael Showalter and stars uh, uh, fucking 
Jessica Chastain. I kept on wanting to say Jennifer Garner there for some reason. Jessica Chastain, uh, Andrew Garfield, and Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, and uh, Cherry Jones as well, like getting third billing. Good for Cherry Jones. Um, so, true life story of um, Tammy Faye and her partner who were um, kind of traveling cr preacher Christians who uh, become TV personalities and then basically fun uh, found their own TV network um, and start enjoying the riches of life. Um, so, Mark, you watched this uh, week before last, um, but because of Oscars, I said, yep, I, I will watch this, let's hold off. Mm -hmm. So, I am intrigued. You can now spill. So, my first question... Yep. The Eyes of Tammy Faye yep. has been nominated for Best Actress and Best Makeup and, and Hairstyling. Mm -hmm. Which one of those do you think it deserved the nomination for more, if either? Um, I don't think it deserves um, best hair and makeup um, because I think that, that it feels obvious that it's got nominated for that um, and I feel that without the prosthetics that are there um, that you would actually have a better movie this it's the prosthetics and stuff that are on show here um a borderline make it look like it's a bit of a spoof comedy um to that level it, it's a little bit it's a bit daft in a movie that is not that that is that is from basically not far from the start is quite a serious movie but that never manages to ever, at any point, take the events that is depicting seriously at all. It is far too playful. I am a, I am a big Jessica Chastain fan, and I don't think that she's. I'm not saying she, she's bad in this or anything like that, but I, is it a, is it a good performance? I don't really know. Because I don't think it's a very good film. It's it, it it's it's a film that doesn't give you even I would say ten percent of the story of these of, of a Tammy Faye, but as a greater what is it Tammy Faye and her her husband. It, it, it's you will probably gain an awful lot more knowledge from reading their Wikipedia page than you will do from watching this film. It is, yeah. I would say, it's beyond surface level as a biopic in the sense that it, it skirts over so much. And then not only that, it seems to want you to kind of sympathise or like Tammy Faye because she's just so nice. She just wants everyone to... just. She loves everybody. She just loves people. And it's like, she keeps saying that. And it's like, fuck off. <laughs> you cannot want us to have a, this, you could say it's redemptive arc. I don't even think it is. Because I don't think at any point it, it points a finger at her. It's like, she's just this fit of circumstance because she's so naive and she just wants to see the best in people at all times. Well, mm. This this is this is the this is the thing. 
the start of the film has got her faking speaking in tongues. Um, and that kind of sets her off on a on her path where she becomes more accepted by her family and she goes to Bible college. Um, but then by the end, they are trying to humanise her. But it's also painting the picture of, well, she was basically led astray by her husband and it's not a woman's place to necessarily think about these things too much and just trust her husband. Because like, if, if you're going to say that she was the innocent here, that's the reading. But the film itself is kind of going out of its way to say that but she had her own mind. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very mixed message. It, and... it, it does seem to be saying... Yeah. All of you know all of the good bits that were about um, the um, the PTL. All the good bits were all Tammy, and all the bad bits were all these guys. And it's a bit like, nah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm not buying what you're selling. <laughs> no, no, quite it. So, I hated this film. I don't blame you. I was so fucking bored. That is the but other bit. It also, is quite boring at points. I mean, like it's it's over two hours long, and it didn't need to be. Um, and it, but it, it it's so disjointed and not really seeming to know what it is actually trying to say. Yep. Um. There's and, there, there's a four minute montage that covers fifteen years, I believe. Oh god, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they're kind of like rise, and it's just like it's all the um, like the kind of like the archive footage and whatnot, and then um, there's like there's two montages, like when they get the. TV show and it ends with like the Christmas special and then there's one later on I think yeah and it yeah it's just it's doing a lot a lot of the the shoe leather like the factual stuff there but then you know like Andrew Garfield bless him I'm glad he had Tick Tick Boom and Spider-Man this year and no one's talking about him in this because he Mm. is very miscast yeah um and I, the, the like him. Oh, it actually turned out that he just fucked everything that moved. Yeah. Um. Kinda came out of nowhere. Like there's a there's like a bit where he's rolling around with a guy. Yeah, that that, that, that bit like, literally. I remember turning out of Becky and went and went. All right, so he's gay then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then it, it's like he's doing like. He has that kind of confession about the, the, the woman that he was with and whatnot, and then it's going to be published by the whoever. And then he tries to blame and, her then for it's it. it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, God, yeah. But then also he was, fu- like, fucking men. And, yeah, no, that just reminded me, like, the whole him kind of blaming her for him cheating and, you know, the... Again, they're, they're trying to make Tammy Faye sympathetic, but... She's also well into buying all the jewellery and not, like, almost, like, just being willfully ignorant about things. Yeah. 
that's it. it, it it's um, it, it, it's one of two things. She's either it's either complete bullshit, and she's convinced everybody that she's shoot, that, that actual the actual Tammy Faye has convinced biographers, documentary makers that she is just naive and stupid, or she's a manipulative twat. Either are not an excuse for what these people do. No, 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 quite. And you know, Jessica Chastain in the performance, it just feels precision tooled to get that Oscar nomination and nothing else. Like the film, you, you know, you don't have to like the people in a film, but they they nope. have to be engaging. Yeah. No fucker in this is engaging. Nope. But, but I don't, I do not give two shits about Tammy Faye. At nope. all, no. You know, you, you, like, are, you are hoping she fails. Yeah, and it, that that I mean, God, that ending where she's fucking imagining all those people behind her singing. Yeah, it's like okay, so what are you trying to say here? Then? Yeah, basically, she's learnt fucking nothing. Yeah, she, she's learnt nothing. She still lives in an imaginary world where she deserves to be a star. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's embarrassing. And, and it, I don't, yeah, think, and it, I don't think the film's going for that. No, no, it's not. That's the thing. Jessica Chastain is trying to celebrate her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it like you say, embarrassing. It's, it, it, that's it. No, ma- no matter uh, how much she got knocked down, and no matter how much her star fell, she still, she still felt that she was a star. It's like. Mm, mm. It, 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 it's it's baffling. It's like. That the 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 literal amount of money that 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 those two people defrauded from, you know, the film literally kind of admits but doesn't want to go far enough to admit that it was from vulnerable people, and it there's no yeah. real kind of comeuppance, you know. Beck said when they when when she goes to see. What's it in in uh, Jim in prison? Uh, Beck's like he looks like he's loving it in there. Yeah, he yeah. looks like he's gone. I don't know why I didn't do this years ago. Nobody cares about it, me getting buggered senseless in here. Honestly, Andrew Garfield, if he was offered this role now, would not take it. I I have a feeling it's one of those with Garfield where. I think he thought he was signing up to a different movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it could well be that as well. Um, it, yeah, it's the the mad thing is, Jessica Chastain is a very good actress, and is a very. She usually picks quite strong female characters, and plays them quite well, and this is a bit of a. A bit of a change of path for her, and feels a little bit. And I mean, I think she's. I mean, I'm fairly certain she's a producer on this as well, so yeah, she's she very is. much yeah. a, a driving force behind this. But yeah, I mean, there's literally a documentary that this film is based on called "The Eyes of Tammy Faye," and I'm, I'm thinking, why didn't I spend my two hours watching that? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not it, very it's... good. No, no, it's it's not. It's a film that feels like it was made 
for the wrong reasons and offers very, very little, is very long and has basically died the death everywhere it's been released and yet Chastain still has her Oscar nomination. So it worked. Well yeah. It, what I will say is before we do... Um... You know, before we look at the, the the audience poll and bits, what I will say is, question for you: Do you think you could take any scene, any of the big scenes from this film, right, and slap a funny or die thing in the corner, and people wouldn't notice that it's not actually a funny or die sketch? Um, I mean, to be fair, I think the scene where she's talking to the gentleman with AIDS would be it. yeah but that's because of the subject matter but yeah that that would that would almost be it i mean the um when they're early on when they're out on that kind of like grass and like having the picnic and she's like oh you know tell me a secret and um that feels like some fucking weird snl yeah thing of like people too old to do those roles doing those roles and look how stupid it is yeah it's yeah it's it's not a very good film um yeah i'm shit on it our audience poll definitely shit um definitely not shit 0% touching cloth 0% shit 100% yeah there you go yep well done audience yeah, you're you're, right. you're all right. You are fucking awful film, awful fucking film. Right, so let's. I think improve things here. I mean, I'm intrigued. I don't know what Mark thinks. Let's talk Uncharted. So this is directed by Ruben Fleischer. Uh, stars Tom Holland, uh, Mark Wahlberg, Antonio Banderas, and uh, the um, I'm too old to talk about this girl, Sophia Ali. Um, she's a striking presence. She is, yes. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so is Tati Gabrielle. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the uh, the kind of the mercenary woman. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to see what Charlie thought of it, because Noel went to see it, folks, and um, basically on me saying that I think Charlie would like it. Um, his son. Um, so, Uncharted is an adaptation of the uh, video game series on PlayStation. Um and concerns a young version of Nathan Drake, played here by Tom Holland, um, whose brother Sam, take a drink every time he says my brother Sam during this film, um, uh, he has kind of gone missing and and left him alone. Uh, They were orphans. Um, Nate, as he's known in the film, is... uh, uh, approached by Victor Sullivan or Sully, played by Mark Wahlberg, uh, to try and um, help him uh, locate a treasure because Sam told him that uh, his brother would be good at it. I don't know. That's kind of it, really. It kind of is, um, yeah. You've got it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so, Mark. Yes. Um, my opening question for you is not really about the film, but I'm intrigued. How many characters did you recognise in the PlayStation Productions logo at the start? Uh, t- 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 was one of them a god of war? <laughs> one of them was the god of war. Yes, uh, that guy. Uh, Nathan Drake was in there, wasn't he? He was. Yeah him because i have played uh the first uncharted game i've played the first uncharted game like four or five times uh and i have played the first 15 minutes of the second one like three times and then get bored Uh, what uncharted 2 fucking rules it probably Um, does and the thing is i've got the full collection uh on the playstation so i really probably should play them but i always end up i kind of I, i get my fill from playing number one and then by the time I get to like number uh, two, I'm like, I'm fucking bored now. <laughs> there's 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 a train sequence in the second one, which is just fucking incredible, like proper action filmmaking video game. Yep, never got really to it. Good. <laughs> oh, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, my my I, I, my boy Astro Bot was in the PlayStation logo and i was very very happy to see him i thought i thought it was interesting that they were just like here are a bunch of video game characters yeah in a movie production logo like yeah it it, it was um, quite strange seeing seeing that they do these playstation productions playstation studios wasn't it yeah oh oh, playstation studios yeah but um it's it's interesting because the uh, the guy from ghost of tsushima was in there as well and there, there is a ghost of tsushima film coming apparently um, so yeah. Anyway, um, but the, the the film itself. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with how was the 4DX because it feels like it would have been bumpy. Was bumpy, quite splashy as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't as um, it wasn't as violent as uh, some of the other movies that I've seen um, in 4DX. It didn't throw you around as much, but it was quite momentum um but i i didn't i didn't get out of the seat and have to kind of like crack numerous things um it's great i i I, the thing is i do actually quite like 4dx for stuff like this i think it works really well i think it adds to an experience i think the the atmospheric stuff works really well within it and i quite like that i it's Again, it was another one that I went to by accident. Um, that I only I, I, I picked the time I was going to go, and I'd arranged my day around going at that time. And then um, Becky messaged me and went, "You know, that's in 4DX, dickhead." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but then I really enjoyed the 4DX experience of it. Well, that's good. So, what did you think of the film itself? It's been getting a kicking, um, frankly. I would so, say that is literally because people wanted to. It, it, it's people mm. wanted to give it a kicking, so went in there deciding to not like it, and then spent two hours looking for the bits they didn't like, rather than going in and going, you know, there's a, there's this crazy idea that that I have, um, and I, I think you share it. Of do you know what's quite fun? Liking movies. It's it's crazy. Mm. I know that it's a little bit you know out there, but. Yeah, going into a movie and just kind of fucking enjoying it is quite nice. Um, I like um, adventure movies. 
um, that they're good. You can sit down, you can kind of turn your brain off, and you can go, right, just fucking, I just want to go on a journey with you guys now. The thing is, if you get it, if they get it right, it's fairly easy to get it right. You need to make it propulsive, and you need to make it interesting. You need to make the puzzles hard enough that you make that they become believable, but not too hard that they become unbelievable. And I think that Uncharted kind of straddles that quite nicely. Um, It's very difficult to take a game. People always say, well, why don't you just make the game? It's like, because it doesn't work like that. You can't just lift the game out. It's that exists. People will then the criticism we would throw at and go like that in the game. It's like no, because the experience you've had with the game will be different to the experience that somebody else had with the game. Because people play games in different ways. It, it, it is like that, you know. There's a lot of a lot of the Uncharted game is hiding behind things and shooting people and then rolling over something to go and shoot somebody else. Th- that, you can spend 20 minutes when you're on that island in um, in Uncharted getting through one little bit from shooting people and then get to the end of it, pause it and go, fuck, I've done it, right? That, in a movie, would be literally a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a it's you can have these different mediums. I I really enjoyed Tom Holden. It I thought he he got the it, I, it was believable as the the snappy dialogue that you get over the top of the Uncharted games that made it quite fun. And I also thought Matt Wahlberg seemed like he was actually kind of up for this and and, and involved in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's um, I will just say now. Before moving, like moving on, people are gonna fucking bum the HBO Last of Us series. Yeah, people are gonna be all over that. Yep, and it feels like because this is inherently more lightweight stuff that people can just dismiss it. Um, so saying that. I thought Tom Holland was fucking brilliant in this. Um, yeah. I, I think that guy's a movie star, like straight up. Like he doing thing fair like this and less le- like um, that fucking that one that he that Netflix one that he did with Robert Pattinson that was really ah uh, um, the devil all the time. The Devil All the Time, that was it. I knew it had Devil in the title, thank you. Uh, that or Cherry, nah, mate, you know what? Just embrace being a fun movie star. Maybe yeah. maybe do the more serious stuff when you're older. Have it, fun it, with it while you can still move like you can. Yeah, it's a little um, bit like like somebody said to him, oh, you can't be an action star. You can't be an action star. Why? Because you're only like five foot seven, five foot eight. So you, you can't really be an action star, so you need to sort of move into these things, because, you know, you need to be, like, six foot one and ripped to be an action star. And he's going, well, I'm out. I, you know, I can get ripped. I, I was quite ripped in Spider-Man. So, yeah, but you, you're not tall enough, and you're not, like, that handsome enough to be, like, a, a, an action star. And it's like, he's gone, oh, fucking hell. And then Zendaya's gone, have you, have you met Tom Cruise? Have you seen how tall Tom Cruise is? And he's an action star. Yeah. And he's gone, fuck, fuck it, why not? Yeah. But it's like the parkour stuff. He looks like he can do it in his sleep. Yeah. You know, like, he just 
springs out and does it. But also, and it's interesting because one of the criticisms I've, I've seen of this film is that it's sexless. Um, one of the best kept secrets about younger people at the moment is that, you know, less pe people, I don't know, people are having less sex, you know, and pe people are waiting to have sex until they're older. And this generation that is coming up does seem a little bit sexless and also this film is a 12a yeah you know like let's let's just chill out on it just it was a weird criticism but yeah the chemistry yeah, because the chemistry the, because there's a film we'll, we'll talk about later on that i think tries to be too sexy and be a 12a and it ends up in a little bit like this is weird <laughs> oh, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry i had to jump um, in and just say that <laughs> No, no, you're right. Like, if... Okay, just saying it now. If you give me the playful but sexless energy of the character dynamics in Uncharted, or the... Army Hammer is basically wanting to do some filthy things to Emma McKay... Yeah. ...in Death on the Nile, where, where it was just too horny... Yeah. ...in the wrong places... Yep. Give me, give, give me Uncharted anyway. We'll talk about Death on the Nile later. But his, his, I thought that kind of like the back and forth he had with that blonde girl at the start was was really good. Um, and I, you know, I th his relationship with Sophia Ali was interesting. You know, I mean, like just in terms in terms of the games, basically, she come, Chloe comes up in Uncharted two, and he fucks her in Uncharted two, and it's a bit like, oh blimey, Charlie. Well, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but Elena is like the big romantic interest going, really going through all the films. They haven't introduced her yet. Um, no, I and that, as, assuming that, there's a sequel. Sorry. Yeah, assuming there's a sequel, I think that's what's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd think so, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, 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 thought, I thought he was good. Wahlberg, like you say, he just seems to enjoy Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he does. He does. He, he's a little bit like. So wait a minute. I don't need to do any of the action bits because he's going to do it all for me. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I am nearly fifty. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, yes. Towards the end, it does get a bit a bit more CGE with the swinging pirate ships and whatnot. But do you know what? You're not going to. The way of the world now is. I mean, even Pirates of the Caribbean. You wouldn't have had swinging pirate, real pirate ships in the air and people jumping between them. Um, I thought, you know, I thought that was fun, and until that point, it felt like a, a, an awful lot of it was on location or on real sets with CG, but also quite a lot of like real life stunt work as well. Yeah. Um, honestly, I am a fucking stan for this film. Yeah, I it, it, really, it's, really am. It's a really good amount of fun. You know, it's, it, it's a fun, fun movie. Fun film. And do you know what, as well? I think there's an element of it. Is, you know, people, like you say, I think you're, you're right in saying the fact that because it's not, it's not dark and it's not a moody film. I don't think the Uncharted games are dark or moody. Oh, the first one wasn't, because I haven't played the other ones. But the first one wasn't. It felt it was a fun adventure game. Um, and I, I, I like that. But as well, 
it's too many people have a habit of thinking that every movie is made for them or the people around them around their kind of age and generation and it's like no this is a 12a this is made for you know as much for you know 7 to 14 year olds as it is for 35 to 50 year old gamer nerds and that's the yeah. problem is you know and the thing is oh it's nothing like the game do you know what you've clearly played the game you clearly own the game go play the game <laughs> it's fine it's yeah. it seems like people wanted to dislike this and even the people who have liked it very similar to what happened with Moonfall have caveated it so they've liked it but with a caveat so that they're months of bitching and moaning they can still feel justified in doing that so they'll oh yeah i it, it was fun and it was you know it was a nice silly little you know jaunt but you know the puzzles were really easy and bits like that say like, oh dude just can i just say yeah i had a good time with it yeah yeah quite i mean it, it's don't get me wrong i mean like the the puzzle particularly the like the puzzle in barcelona yeah didn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Nope. And even though, do you know what? I mean, like, Tom Holland, I was denigrating it earlier on, but he was on the Empire podcast last week and he was talking about it. And he was saying, do you know what one of the biggest pains of the arse working this film out was? Was the puzzles. You know, like, credit to the game developers for, like, developing these puzzles because it is really tricky. And it's like, yeah, you you can see that with this where... It's like, okay, we'll put, put the two keys together and there's heaven and there's hell. But then I like the fact that it just fully flat out took the piss out of itself and went, oh, fuck it, stick the clue in a Papa John's and we'll have some product placement here. We'll just have a fight in a Papa John's. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, 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 people, I, I laughed heartily. People that, like the death of cinema. And it's like, fuck off, it's funny. Yes, I, I had a great laugh. When he was, when he literally was, when he literally, he, he microphone through it when he was, he was like, it's like, I am literally sitting up Papa John's here. <laughs> the thing is, just, one of the I, criticisms I, I had for that was they're like, oh what? So they've just got earpieces in, and they, you know, none of it gets affected by the water or anything like that. It's like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, you can't criticise this for that when literally he makes a point of several times giving him an earpiece. Which probably, yeah, is probably waterproof because it's going in your freaking ear. And also, you can't criticise that, but never ever question the fact that all of the Avengers can always just talk to each other, no matter where they are in battle. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I, it, it's it, it it is throwaway, mm. but it's it, you know it's not Indiana Jones, it's not romancing the stone, but do you know what? It's not Indiana Jones. All right, it's not one of the greatest action adventure films ever made. Yeah, that's it. But the thing is, um, it it is a little bit more national treasury. It, yeah, sure. it, it, it's like a sure. YA national treasure. And I'm kind of all right yeah. with that because the National Treasure films are really fucking fun. So, yeah, 
give me give me another two or three of these, I will be well happy. Yeah, fucking absolutely bang on. Yeah, that, that is exactly it. Um, and, and do you know you what? Want... Do you know what? If anybody, when they do make another one, if anyone comes out with the bullshit of oh, all of the things they could be making and they're making this, see, they do make all those other things as well. No bad. All types of films get made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm here for good video game adaptations. I yep. like Mortal Kombat. I liked this. You know, Sonic 2's coming out. I'm looking forward to that. Yep, looks fun. Yeah, it, it feels like the, the seal's fully broken on fun video game movies. That also, you know, kind of do somewhat respect the material. I mean, like, there are diehard fans of this, this game, of the games who are fucking, like, livid about it. Oh. And it just, I, you know... I, uh, cool, you do you, you know, like it's you live in peace and get on with your life, that's fine. But I just, yeah. it's just the fact that I know the same people who are, have, are like shitting on Uncharted are going to be absolutely just trying to reach around The Last of Us so hard because my, my, it's about something. Yeah, my, my thing with that is, right. So you don't like the Uncharted film? Yeah, fine. Then just move on. That's it. If, if, if you don't like it, move on. You don't have to spend fucking 35 fucking tweets telling everybody how much you hate it and all the reasons why. Just don't just say, yeah, it won't for me. There you go, move on. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, but me... Fan. Yep, me too. I Definitely not shit. I will watch. I will. I. The thing is, I am already looking forward to this coming out on home release, um, where I can, I can go up the Chinese around the corner. I can grab a takeaway. I can sit down and go right because Bex didn't watch it and go. You're gonna enjoy this. Oh, okay. Let's watch this. Yeah. Sure. I, I, yeah. Shall have fun with it. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely not shit. Um, I, I, if it wasn't for that last trailer having the pirate ship stuff, I'd be like early contender for surprise of the year. But I already had an inkling I might get something out of this, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was. I was. I was excited for it to be honest from the start. Um, yeah, it's. Um, but our audience poll definitely not shit. Seventy five percent. Touching cloth thirteen percent. Shit zero percent. And a Geostorm 12%. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, okay. quite chuffed with those results. Yeah, same. Right, so we're halfway through the main reviews. So should we do some what we've been watching? Yeah, can do. Cool. Mark, what have you got? Uh, we watched The Kid Detective. Um, film Is still stands. Is the fifth time you've seen that? It's actually the second time I've seen it. Um, Is it really only the second time? I, I think swear it's come it up quite might a be the lot. third. <laughs> it might be the okay. third, actually. Um, yeah, we watched that. Um, that film is still a fucking great film. Um, it absolutely 100% earns the the last 10, 15 minutes that it, that it has. Um where it, it throws itself a little bit. It's very, it's a, it's a, it's a very good film. Uh, and yeah, 
I'm, I, I, Adam Brody's one of those actors that I'm, I'm always interested when he's in anything because he seems to pick quite interesting bits. It, he, he had a two-choice thing. He could have either gone down one route or he could have gone down the route he's gone down. And the route he's gone down is a lot more interesting. <laughs> um, what else? I've got a few that I'll speed round. Uh, rewatch Fantasy Island. Oh, the Blumhouse? Yeah. Good movie. It's fun. a good movie. I like that movie. It's fun. It's a bit gnarly. It's more It's more sci-fi than it is horror. Um, and I like that about it. Um, but the characters are fun. The setup's fun. It, it's insane that that movie costs $7 million. Yeah, yeah that is... It's it, it's bonkers that that movie costs seven million dollars. The just the amount of the amount of kind of value that Blumhouse get out of their products is insane. Um, yeah, I think had it not been for the when it was released, which was just at the start of the whole COVID thing, I think we might have already had another one of these. Mm. Um, yeah, good film. Yeah, it is a lot very fun. It's a good rewatch as well, actually. Uh, watch the Langoliers. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which all three hours of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, which does contain some of the worst CG ever committed to anything. Um. Which are the Langoliers, which are essentially just big giant mouths that eat um, time. Nom nom. Yeah. They eat. So time, as we've passed through it, has to go somewhere. So the Langoliers eat the previous time. They eat the history of time so everything can. so the universe doesn't get too blocked up with time. It's a great concept. It's a really good concept, actually. <laughs> but yeah, but what I would say Ian, is just at one point, just Google the Langoliers. Uh, what is it? And just look at the. You'll see a picture of um, what's his name? Um, fuck, Bronson um, Peanut uh, of um, yeah, True Romance fame, running away from the Langoliers, and you will think that can't be real. But it is. <laughs> that is what they look like. <laughs> um, I say I'm speeding through these because uh, you know they, I'll be honest that the, the main reviews we've got are a little bit more interesting. Um, cool. Watched Executive Decision for the first time since like the late nineties. Sweet. Um, really weird seeing um, David Suchet in something like this. Um, and he's really quite good in this as the manic uh, bad guy terrorist. Uh, It's also, I forgot how quickly uh, Steven Seagal is kind of just dispatched in this. It's almost like he was supposed to be in it more, but Kurt Russell turned around to uh, the, the, the producers and went, I am not doing a single more day with this fucking buffoon. And so they've yeah. sat down and gone, right, Stephen, um, what we're going to do is we're going to change tack. And he's gone, he's gone no, I, I, I'm going to do this, like this. And then it was literally like they went, Poochie returned to the planet. 
and was never okay. seen again. He literally, a bit of the plane rips off and he just fucking, he, he, he just gets sucked into the, into the air. That's it. It's such a great, yeah, so Steven Seagal was a prick during this movie, which is just, you know, Steven Seagal. Um, mm. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. It, it's, Way too long and absolutely bonkers that it's the, the premise for it. Um, that they managed to literally get a plane underneath the plane that then has like this kind of sock thing that sticks out that manages to latch itself onto the plane and create an air pocket so they can get into the plane and then, yeah, they could just hide in the bowels of the plane. <laughs> yeah, it's. But it's got Oliver Platt in it, so any movie with Oliver Platt in it is 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 just by definition good. That's uh, true. That's yeah. a good point, actually. It is yeah. Oliver Oliver Platt. Whenever he appears in anything, instantly makes that film, even if it's a good film, eighty percent better. Um, that guy is one of those where you look at it and go, "How the fuck has that guy not had one of those moments where he gets a?" a Best Supporting Actor nomination, and people go, holy fuck, we've been underappreciating this guy for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, God, because, like, well, he has got a very cushy role on a show that uh, Donna watches. Oh, yeah, because it's something, isn't it? What's it uh, called? Chicago Med, I think it's called. Something like that, yeah. Um, Chicago Med, yeah. Hundred thirty-two yeah, episodes. Like, yeah, that that sounds about right. So yeah, I mean, like he's he's doing fine. Oh, like, yeah. that, those Chicago shows are crazy because, like, you've got Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and you just have characters that are, like crossing over. Yeah, in them. So, so they're all part of the same universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, fair play. Yeah, he's I, in like yeah, he's in like Chicago Justice, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Oh man. It's fucking funny, isn't it? Like like good good like good for him. Two yep. episodes of Chicago Justice, nine episodes of Chicago PD, seven episodes of Chicago Fire, and a hundred and twenty episodes of Chicago Med. Yep. He's he, he's great. He's always great in everything, and he's brilliant in this as like a he's like an engineer. But that's the thing. He can play like geeky engineer that he's playing in this and then he can also play like best laid plans where he plays like eccentric lawyer <laughs> he can play that as well he's just yeah. a great character actor um rewatch for the first time again since the late 90s can't hardly wait um okay I was a little bit worried going into this, thinking, oh, God, because it's a, it's a late 90s kind of teen um, film. You know, it was just before just before American Pie and the whole teen thing got relaunched as a more sexy um, version of these teen movies. But can't hardly wait. Again, he's like an all-one-night thing at a party about a kid trying to... Um, essentially professes love for the hottest girl in school um, and keeps on just getting essentially cock-blocked by various things uh, whilst you have other relationship things going on in the background. Um, it's fun. 
It's very throwaway. Um, I can see why it's got a big cult following. Uh, it isn't really that problematic, which I think is quite nice for it. Um, you know, I think the most problematic thing is um, at some point, at one point, um, quite loudly, uh, one of the characters gets called a fag. Um, and people now would go, oh, you can't say that. And it's like, right, can I just point something out? The point is that the kid who's shouting that is an idiot. That's the point. The film isn't saying that you should go around shouting fag at people. The film is pointing out the idiocy of of that. And the good thing is it makes the guy who earlier has called somebody a fag, who is now being called a fag, realise later on that it's probably not good that, that it's not a nice thing to say. By the point he literally goes after this scene, literally says around and goes, I think someone called me a fag as well. I didn't feel nice. It's not nice calling people a fag. And he's like, he has this epiphany moment because it's happened to him that it's not a nice thing to call somebody. <laughs> Which is quite good <laughs> for it. Um, so yeah, I quite enjoyed my time watching that. I rewatched it during the day <laughs> whilst having lunch um, and was like, yeah, this is quite sweet. I'm all right with this. <laughs> Um, a movie that's not sweet, that's a lot more fucking gnarly than I remember, is House of Wax. Yeah, yeah, that one's uh, older. Well, they call it Sarah's going for it with that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah it is. And I remember going to see this in the cinema um, because, of course, I did um, because Becky wanted to go and see it, um, and been a little bit like. Bex, is this the one that has Paris Hilton? And her being like, yeah, but it's got other people in it. And I, like, and I, I remember her saying that and me going, I mean, I guess it had other people in it, Bex. It wasn't just Paris Hilton playing every fucking role. Um, and then getting in and within about 20 minutes going, this is quite gnarly, I'm enjoying this. And it is grim. There's literally a bit where they're peeling somebody's face off. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the rewatch of uh, House of Wax. It's 10 minutes too long. It's possibly even 20 minutes too long. It's touching two hours, this movie. Fucking, that is way too long. Yeah. It spends a little bit too long doing the setup, I think. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I like... Um, Alicia Cuthbert is, is quite adorable in it, and she's playing that. You know, she's quite a charismatic screen presence at this point. Um, but I can see why she got bored of playing that and then went off to do more comedic stuff. Um, Chad Michael Murray is desperately trying to play a badass, but he's Chad Michael Murray. He's Chad Michael Murray, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite, it's quite amusing, uh, that. But yeah, it's it's gnarly, it's a bit grim, and yeah, I, I, I had a good fun time with, with House of Wax. Although it is 20 minutes too long. Uh, That's it. That's it for me this week. Uh, Cool. Okay, so um, I've got a couple. Um, Yeah, only only two, actually. Um, So uh, I rewatched Raya and the Last Dragon, um, which is great. I mean, it was in my top 10 of 2021, and uh, I'm absolutely fine with it being there. Um, The action filmmaking aspect of it is something that Disney Animation Studios doesn't really go so hard on 
and it really it really works in this but it's also i think it's a a lovely story i think the characters are all fucking great it looks awesome i just yeah i'm I talked about it in the re uh, review of 2021 show, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very taken with Raya and the Last Dragon, and it it, it held up. Um, I'm going to rewatch that shortly because I think I I think I went into it a bit minge first. Oh no, fair, fair enough. No, I mean it's um it looks really nice um on Disney Plus as well. Actually, I'll say that. So yeah. Um, but uh, last week I had 12 Oscar films left to watch. This week I have ten because I also watched Coda. Oh, of so, course you did. Yeah, I just didn't get to this. Yeah, yeah. Mainly because so, I keep forgetting I mean, it exists. This is. I mean, yeah, because this is the thing, right? It's because I don't know. The Oscars are less culturally relevant, you know, and people are more disconnected at the moment. You know, people just... It doesn't really feel like a word-of-mouth thing, even though it is a word-of-mouth thing. Um, I think it's because you, I you heard... Really see people... I think it's because I heard so much about it before it came out. But by the time it came out, it was a bit like... It was like the hype to have seen this movie. And I was a bit like, I'm not that bothered now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I say, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, mean, I don't know, it's just like... It, it, it feels like one that people are happy to see it in the best picture race but it's just like yeah but it it's not the one i'm gonna get behind you know but um and it, it, i don't know it's so the story is um it's a girl who can hear in a family with a mum and dad and brother all of whom are deaf and the the they the the Dad and the brother um, basically uh, work on a fishing trawler, their, their own boat where they ca catch fish. Uh, but then, because they're like, they then sell the fish to like the local. I, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's I, I don't know how it works, but they, they sell it and then have a, a like a shitload of their their money, at, like cut off the top because then it's distributed and whatnot. Um, so. They're not happy about that. But the girl um, also likes singing. And um, she decides to... She's not really that into singing, but she likes doing it. But she's not that into it because her family are deaf and can't appreciate it. Um, but she's kind of into this guy and she decides to join the choir because he's in it as well. And um, the choir teacher, played by Eugenio Debris, um, who was the Kurt Russell character in the Overboard remake that Anna Faris was in. Oh yeah, um, and he's like he's like quite he, he's like big in like the American Spanish language um, uh, uh, films. Um, like he's he's like a big deal in the U.S., but like kind of he seems to be unknown outside of the U.S. Um, so yeah, he notices her and is like, look, if you keep up with me, you could get a scholarship to college, like on, on a music program. But then some stuff happens where it's like, well, she's needed at home to also support the fam like the family business. So it's like this push pull kind of thing. Um, and it's very, very charming. It's 
not it, it's not quite as cutesy pie as that description makes out basically because the dad troy kotzer who's nominated for best supporting actor is a filthy old man not in a, like a real like a disgusting way like he really likes his wife <laughs> and it's very funny um and it, it it's a film that just feels like it's set in the real world, you know, as weird as it is to say. And it takes this what could be twee premise and just gives it some real world kind of grit and heart. It is let down by um, a couple of aspe- aspects of suspension of disbelief that you're expected to have. But then the film is also trying to be real. And that doesn't quite. Fit. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of like, yeah, you can't do that if you're doing this. Yeah, there's an incident in the second act which provokes, really provokes the push and pull, where it's like, well, how the fuck is this the first time that's come up? And when you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And. that is a hump that the film has difficulty getting over but when you compare it to a film like the eyes of tammy faye which is so obviously trying to be an oscar film yeah this isn't but it played sundance apple bought it and thought we could have a bit of a hit on our hands here and they 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 haven't been going all out with the Oscar campaigning, but it stayed in the conversation. You know, it came out on Apple TV in August. And there's a lot of criticism about, like, you know, the only films that get um, get noticed by the Academy are the ones that come out between, like, October and December. Yep. And this came out in the height of summer and has been nominated for three of them, including Best Picture. Yeah, which which is a nice is a nice change of pace because it is something I've criticised and said. Basically, anything that you know, if it if it didn't come out last week in October to the first week in Jan, you've got no chance. Exactly. In a, in a way, I think it's a shame that it didn't come out last year because I think in a COVID Oscars, the girl, the the main girl in it, Amelia Jones, would probably be up there in the best actress conversation and i think that marley matlin uh would be there for best supporting actress as well everybody in this film is very very good so in in the end i mean would i say it's one of the best pictures of the year no myself but as i was saying last week sight like with the ones that i'd seen i didn't begrudge any of them being in the 10 and I certainly don't begrudge Coda being in there. Is it in my 10? No. Am I glad that it's in this one? Actually, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because I, I, I think it says something. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I'll get to King Richard and, and Belfast in, in, in the near future. But, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by Coda. So, yeah, there you good, go. Good. It's, yeah, good watch. Death on the Nile is directed by Kenneth Branagh and stars He Who Shall Not Be. CS3P Combat. Player one, 
Choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of Shield. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that doesn't make you a weird person at uh, all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show or a franchise. A beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television, with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. (laughs) Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join... Anna. And Mike from Chinstroker vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Okay, Death on the Nile. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a veritable collection of who's who of... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You've got Army Hammer, you've got Gab Cadet. All right, so yeah, you've got Suspected Cannibal, um, Army Hammer, Imagines Gal Gadot, uh, Anti-Vaxxing's own Letitia Wright, um, a pretty fucking bug nuts has spent too much with his time with his own thoughts, Russell Brand. Um... And then, actually, all right, Sophie Okonedo, Kenny B himself, Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders. Uh, Jennifer Rose Saunders, Leslie. you mean Jennifer Saunders, who is 
a oh. very pro hunting <laughs> advocate. God, is she? Yep. She's a, she's, she's a twat, mate. Jennifer Saunders. Really? Yeah, she's oh, a bit of a piece God. of shit. <laughs> great, great. All right. So, Death on the Nile, shot in the before times. Feels this and Morbius, I think, are probably the two last shot in the before times, like, big films. Like, the big actually going in cinemas films. Yep. I mean, the Batman was kind of like a bit of both, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. Was in and out. Yeah, I'd say this is one of the this is one of the last few that. Yeah, there's this uh, Top Gun Maverick, maybe. Oh God, Top Gun bloody Maverick! Like God, I I swear, by the time that film comes out in cinemas, they would have filmed it four years ago or something insane. It's like something that. weird like that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Starring um, anti-vaxxing's own Miles Teller, that one. So we got that to look forward to. Um, Jesus Christ. Right. So, Death on the Nile. So even though... Oh, I re-watched Murder on the Orient Express, but, you know, we'll talk about it with this. Even though at the end of Murder on the Orient Express, he is told that there is an urgent matter that he needs attending to on the Nile... He doesn't seem to be a. There were, well, there was no death on the Nile when he gets there. Yeah, there is something in the plot where why he's been told to go there, mm. but that wouldn't have made sense with the timeline of Murder on the Orient Express. No. So he is. Um. Out there in Egypt, and he sees his friend played by Tom Bennett, but. Book, 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 yeah, book, um, and book says, "Why don't you come to this wedding reception with me?" All right then. But before that, well, fuck it, I'm doing an awful job here. Starts off with a flashback uh, for the origins of the moustache. Um, <laughs> yep, that we didn't which, need. No, which when you know the context of like why they're getting into that is actually like sad. Yeah. But, before the cut to the title card is literally, you need to grow a moustache, I swear is the line. Yep. Um, wowee. Um, like, I almost, like, it almost felt like a, uh, an Avengers initiative moment. It's like, yeah. I, I need to talk to you about something called the Avengers initiative. You need to grow a moustache. Dun, 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 dun. You know, but no. Um, so then it cuts to uh, Pyro uh, in a jazz club um, watching Army Hammer just do some really fucking icky dancing with Emma McKay. Like, it's just wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an even there's an even ickier bit later on, I think. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, um, not even icky. Just, just... Oh, that's just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he starts with Emma McKay. She's friends with Gal Gadot. She introduces him to Gal Gadot. And then Gal Gadot and he dance in a, you know, kind of like erotically charged way, but a bit more classy. 
it's not not quite as literally bending her over um like honestly i know we've talked about that bit a couple of times but i was watching it just going fucking hell does branner just need to go and bash one out or yeah like, it was a little bit like that on? yeah like it doesn't feel like it was choreographed it's just like branner's just like talking to them with the fucking megaphone going bender over army <laughs> you know, just, um it yeah wild um so then cuts to six months later uh book invites uh pyro to a wedding reception and hey it's actually gal gadot getting married to army hammer not emily mckay dun dun Um, dun 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 dun. an hour later there is a death on the nile (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, Mark, there's a lot of Nile before the death. There is, there is a lot. But a surprising amount of Nile before the death. But also, to be fair, after the first death, there's a surprising amount of death on the Nile. Yeah, there is a little bit. It, it takes an awful long time for this movie to actually get to the death bit. And then proceeds to have an awful lot of death <laughs> very quickly um it's yeah it's not as punchy as the first that's for sure oh no um it yeah it do, it, it takes way too long to get to the to 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 the actual the death on the nile um of it all um it's it's not as polished. It's not as fun as Murder in the Orient Express. Um, it's I I haven't read um, Death on the Nile. Um, Becky has, um, but she didn't give away the the ending to me. But I literally turned around to her at the start and went, "So it's them two." And she was like, ah, I was like, I mean, it is. It is. The film, it doesn't, I don't think it does as clever a job of kind of like, of hiding itself. It, it's just a little bit, it just doesn't feel like it's it's quite as well done um, as, as Murder on the Orient Express. And there's only a couple of like vaguely likeable characters within it as well. Mm, yeah. But in saying that, I had a good enough time with it. If they did another one, I would watch it. Um, the thing is, the you don't spend enough time with um, Rose Leslie to actually see if you give a shit about whether or not she dies or not. And then when you find out that she knew who killed the what is it and she was just trying to blackmail them, you kind of go, well, I mean, you played with fire and you ended up in the sea. So... It's kind of your fault. Um, not see the, the the Nile. Um, you know the the everyone who dies seems to have kind of in a way not deserved it quite as much, but they weren't exactly innocent. And yeah, it's <sighs> at some point 
Gal Gadot, we have to have, we have to stop this thing of in every movie, Gal Gadot has to walk on and have a big entrance of everybody admiring how amazing she is, this visual spectacle. Because it's a bit like, I'm not seeing it. (laughs) It's like, is that all you've got? Because we've had like five or six movies of that. And you are you're very much like the rock in the sense that you're you're sexless. And then there's that really weird, awkward scene of her and Army Hammer on the what's it in Egypt? I forget what it's called now, which is really uncultured of me. Um whether on the Nile and they get off and it's just before, you know, the fucking her what is it, her cousin or something tries to throw a boulder at them. <laughs> Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for no reason. And it's basically like she's just sticking her ass in Army Hammer's crotch. Oh, and it's that's like right. And you watch it going, This is Oh, this is just uncomfortable. It's like yeah. this isn't horny at all. It's just Yeah, this just seems like it's gonna be just kind of the you think you're going to have porno sex right now and the reality of it is just going to be a little bit... It's just going to be like a three-minute fumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The... It's... It's an interesting one, this. Because Murder on the Orient Express is... You know, they they get to it quite quickly and the bulk of it is, like, trying to solve the mystery. Mm. But it is a lit... Even though there's, like, a serious, like, why... Spoiler for the murder on the Orient Express. Why they were all in on it. There's a play, quite a playful tone throughout a lot of that film. Yes. Here, you do have the odd moment, but the whole point of it is that Poirot is self-regarding and up his own ass and whatnot. Um, but and, but I thought that was kind of interesting how it does turn a lens on Poirot. And I thought the last five ten minutes, when they're like getting off the boat and then the um, time jump, I thought it. I was I was quite taken with how melancholy that was, like particularly that ending. Yeah, where, you know, you compare it to like the the opening where everybody knows who he is and you know uh, they they couldn't do more for him and whatnot, and like the place is bustling. Now he's by himself. Yes, it is a bit weird that a couple of people say we're closed, but don't actually say. Do you want to fuck off? <laughs> yeah. um, but. You know, I I I like that whole and the the mustache thing. I mean, the fact that the mustache actually has an arc in this film—that's a fucking tightrope to to walk. But I kind of think because the end of the film is so quiet, I think it kind of gets away with it. Like the fact that no one knows who he is and he's just there with his like his face in full bloom. This is who I am. Even though, like, the events of the film I don't think necessarily added up to, oh, shit, this was, this was actually a film about Poirot. That's interesting. I think that the effort that they're making there is interesting. It, it, there, there is something there. But, so I, I, 
I liked the film well enough as well, but I thought it was a marked step down from Orient Express. Yeah, it, it, um, it's, it's nowhere near as playful or as fun or as... I, the mystery element isn't really there as much. Like you see, it doesn't spend anywhere near as much as the runtime exploring the mystery of it. And then it, it, it's like, he hasn't really done that much digging, really. And then all of a sudden he just decides, right, now I'm going to unveil what's happened. And it's like, yeah, I don't get the investigation bits that much. No, and it... And I, I, I'll be honest, maybe this is just a subjective opinion, but I like Brook when, like, he's fun, and I like that he's in love here and whatnot, and I thought that arc was great. But the whole him actually keeping shit from Poirot, it, it was just like, did we, did we need that? I was actually, like, a bit, that's such a fucking shame. That they had to go in that direction. Maybe that's maybe the book does that. I, I honestly don't know. The book's not in the but, book in this one. Ah, uh, you see, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm right know. on that one. That he's just not just, in it. No, no, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Just like, but just, I don't know. Have that other arc be enough? You know, I, I, I just thought that was a bit okay fine we're making this like super super personal and i i get why you're doing it i thought it was a shame but i thought that the way that branner then talked about him mm. in the kind of like setting up who did it and whatnot I, I i thought that was well done you know so one i'd give if the other take of the way it it just it's not as successful the supporting cast aren't as interesting um, I mean, Ar- Army Hammer is cursed, and I, I, it was funny. I read a review where it was like, at this point, his casting is a spoiler. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, actually, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. I, it, um, I don't know, like Emma McKay. I mean, like she's in that sex education show. Donna watches it, and she says it, it, it's great. I mean, I. I don't know, like, she just seemed really fucking two-dimensional to me. Um, Just, oh, she's a psycho bitch. Oh, she's not actually. Oh, but no, you know what? She is. Yeah, but just not for the reason you thought she was. Um, Yeah, 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 exactly. Bexley was, Bexley said after it was like, I don't see why you'd go, exception for the money, why you'd go for Gal Gadot over Emma McKay when she seems, A, a damn sight hotter and be fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I mean, in the Mark scale of things, you know, as as soon as as, as soon as it, it, the murder happened, it would like, but well, it would obviously be Mark because he would never go for Gal Gadot over Emma McKay in this film. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. It just. Yeah, Sophia Canedo is, I, I, is the star of this film for me. Oh God, yeah. Let's move on. She's great. Yeah, she's really, really good in this. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Essentially, she's basically playing like a version of Sister Rosetta as well, which I think is quite a nice little touch um, there. Um, but yeah, it's 
she's she's great in it. <laughs> the fact that you can see why Poirot is very intrigued by her. <laughs> Um, and their weird little flirty that they have is is brilliant. Even when he's doing the um, like the bit, the like where he's, he's doing like the telling people what he's found, and he's basically cracking the thing, and he's like saying, you know, you know, even though um, you know, um, Mrs. Uh, Otterbourne um, has had husbands that I think some of them maybe didn't die in quite <laughs> the circumstances that you think, <laughs> or something along those lines. Basically going. I'm fairly certain she killed some of her husbands, <laughs> but I'm kind of yeah. cool. I'm cool with it. <laughs> Is yeah, it... No, you get the sense that Poirot would be cool with it as well. Yeah, like if he was murdered, it, like if he married her and was murdered, it'd be like, yeah, well, okay, uh, I, right, yeah. I, I, I probably deserved it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, she's great in it. Um, Rose Leslie, I, I get the feeling like she signed up to this and was like, "It's gonna be a nice cushy part." I get to show off that I can speak French and all this stuff. No, you get six lines and then you're dead. Yeah, you get yeah, I mean, you get almost means... as much screen time as a corpse, but you get your name in the trailer. Yeah, you're part of the ensemble. Oh, a surprise from it. I thought Russell Brand was quite good. Yeah, he was all right. He's like it's him doing serious is fine actually. Mm. Yeah. The fact that he that he is just serious and he is that, I get the feeling like if they were going to do another movie of these, which I don't think they are, but they might. Screen I went to is very popular with older people. Let's say, um, is let's face it, the next one if it is, he's going to be the new uh, book. Oh, that'd be something. That, no, I, yeah. the, the ending, I think it, it, it dangled a sequel there at the end, that conversation that they had at the end. Oh, but, oh going to Africa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a point. It, I, 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 it's not done that well, and they've now changed management. Because, I mean, God, this was greenlit a few weeks before the Fox Disney thing was announced. Yeah. So, you know, like it, it, it feels like, you know, Branner's already moved on. I mean, God, I think... Did he do Artemis Fowl before... No. No, he might have, actually. He, like Arth- So, this film was greenlit. Artemis Fowl and Belfast have both come out before this actually came out. Yep. Which is, which is wild. But, no, I mean, it, it, I'd be surprised if he got the money to do another one, especially because it's like he shot both of them in 70mm. There's one cinema in the UK showing this in 70mm, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need it, to have been it, shot like, in 70mm is... either. It's not... It, 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 it's an okay-looking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would look nice, but yeah, like you say, it's okay-looking. Um, I kind of feel like Brano would just be like, yeah, kind of done I can move on now you know I mean like and to be fair he's now Oscar nominated director Kenneth Branagh you know like he's he's got his mojo back I mean like what mm. a fucking weird career he's like you talk about weird directorial careers Kenneth fucking Branagh mm. yeah absolutely he's a yeah 
Yeah, he's, he's an awful one. He, he went heavily in with the Shakespearean thing to prove how, you know, how good an actor he was. Uh, and then went a little bit mad <laughs> in the middle. Jack Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yeah, he did that, didn't he? Wild, wild. Um, yeah, Artemis Fowl was, yeah, was filmed just before this. Oh, uh, all right, fine. Okay. <laughs> fucking what a fucking film. And just like, I remember, God, when Artemis Fowl came out and it was like, oh my God, a new big budget film that we can talk about. <laughs> and it was an absolute was piece Artemis of shit. <laughs> Dude, like 2020 was a fucking, I mean, like the world's not great at the moment, don't get me wrong, but from a film point of view, 2020 really was just a year of being kicked in the balls. Mm. Yeah, it was. Like we, we you know we had we had enough to like talk about end of the year and, and, and things like that, you know. I mean like it was it was good films there, you just have to look, but fucking hell. Anyway. Uh definitely not shit. Yes, definitely not shit. I like I like Branner as Pyro. That's the thing. Yeah, like, I like him. I'd, I'd happily watch. I'd happily watch more. But I can say I don't think there's gonna be more. But um, I, the thing is, I will end up rewatching this because at some point I'll end up watching um, Murder on the Orient Express, and Becky will go, "We're gonna watch Death on an Hour now, then, aren't we?" And I'll go, "Yeah, fine." <laughs> yeah, the thing is, it'll be on Disney Plus, it, by, and it'll by look nice in 4K. So, yeah. It'll be on Disney Plus over Easter. Yeah. It feels like an Easter kind of film. Well, uh, okay, so you didn't do a poll for that one, did you? I didn't, I forgot. <laughs> no worries. So, let's talk about Kimmy, which is directed by Steven Soderbergh and basically stars Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, yeah other people does. are in it, but... You know, she is the star. So she plays Angela. Yes. Um a who works for an Apple like corporation, uh, who pride themselves on um their smart home speakers um uh being trained by humans, not AI. So it's basically people analysing voice recordings. Um Kimmy through some blowout-esque audio manipulation, <laughs> uh, which was boner-inducing for this man here. Yeah. Um, when, when you messaged that, and then I watched the movie, I was like, this is the moment he's talking about. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, she identifies uh, audio of a woman being attacked. And it goes on from there, but she's also an agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. So, this is a COVID film. They mention COVID in the film, but it's not a film about COVID, and it feels like you. She's an agoraphobe, you know. Mm. Um, she like and COVID just made it worse. So, Mark, we talked in the two dollars a month uh, collateral section about digital cinematography. You got that shit going on here. Do you think it enhanced 
like the look of the the specific look of this film did it get enhanced or took away from the overall film um it's difficult i don't i think Soderbergh has a has a very a very specific digital style um in the sense that Soderbergh likes filming on likes filming on the thing that makes it easiest for him to film on um so you know he's filmed on VHS before um because at the time he said it was the easiest way to to film and for him the quickest way to film and I think that that is that his his mantra and his style of, of how he does it um I think it the thing is I I liked Kimmy as a film. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, actually. What I would say about I, that I often get from Soderbergh, and especially more now um, than, than than previously, is I don't think he ever stretches himself or challenges himself. I think he stays very much within a comfort zone. You're never going to see Soderbergh, and this is just the way he is as a filmmaker, you're never going to see a set piece anymore. You did when he did the Ocean's films and bits like that. But you're never going to see that again now. It is going to be very punchy, snappy, yeah, this is this, is this and this is this, and this is this. I can film all this literally myself on a you know i could film this with an iphone if i wanted to and it, it, there is that element to it um and in a weird sense i also don't think he's that too bothered about story i think he's a he's a filmmaker who wants to go bum 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 done um and it that's why I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think with Kimmy, it, it does, it does work. But I don't think the visual style makes the film personally uh, any better or any worse, really, because I don't think that I don't connect with Soderbergh's visual style. If that makes sense. Yeah, because I, I don't know. It's interesting. I was talking to um, I was talking to George, um, who also. Uh, watched Kimmy and um, I, I, I think that the, the constant everything in focus of it um, I thought gave it this kind of like ultra you kind of constantly and just the nature of the film as well helps with this but you're constantly kind of looking around in, in, in the frame like it, especially in the kind of like the outdoor like the bits where she's walking around um, and I thought that that gave it like a really heightened sense of paranoia. But I think that's really interesting what you say there. Um, and it, sorry if I'm talking like, so speak, go on, go on, go on. Right, out, yeah, there you go. Um, sorry, I just closed the door. Lottie's going to bed and closed the door so I can talk a bit, a bit louder. So, yeah, the, I, I think what you say there about he's never going to do a set piece again. It feels to me like Steven Soderbergh is never going to make a film that is specifically made for the big screen again. Um, I would be surprised. Anyway, it feels like at the moment, like he's perfectly comfortable to go. All right, then Warner, give me, 
10 million dollars and I will make a film that you could put on HBO Max every year. Mm. I, 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 I don't think he wants to be on set making a film anything more than, than 30 days. If he can't start a film on the first day of the month and have principal photography finished by the 30th of the month, he do not want to make it. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because it, it kind of almost feels like that maybe he just sees like where it's going and he's found his niche... And he's comfortable. And I suppose my question would be, like, what does he get out of it creative, uh, creatively? And, I mean, if, if he's getting enough out of it, then absolutely fair play. But I don't think that the films that he's making at the moment particularly have too much to say. But as movies, I think they work. You know, like, No Sudden Move was cracking. Mm. That's it. I, I, I've enjoyed his recent output more than I've enjoyed previous bits. Yeah, yeah, more quite, yeah. And, and like, I think Kimmy's there as well. And it's like, you think of side effects and Haywire and whatnot, and those films kind of feel like they could have made, been made in this ethos as well. Like, Logan Lucky feels like his last one where he was like, right, fuck it, I'm going to try and do something on the big screen with big actors you know and like see what we can do and it did fuck all you know it, it like and I, I think that was the film where like he basically said that he wishes after the first weekend if a film is just dying a death at the box office he could just go right stick it on video on demand hmm. you know and it, it's it feels like now with this it's like he's gained the budget where he's like he's not going to be like ruining anyone's finances by making these films, you know, like, and, and, and he's just doing what he, he's working within those limitations. And yeah, I, I, I respect that, you know, like, he feels like someone who's not going to make an MCU film or a DC movie. And, you know, I, I like those films, you know, like the Batman's coming out in two weeks. I'm fucking pumped. But, I'm I'm glad that Soderbergh is doing what he wants to do, and he's not feeling like he has to do one of those films to keep in the conversation or be able to say from the director of Doctor Strange Four, Bongo's Return. Mm. You know, it, like, it, he's. I, I think it's not having to do that. Yeah, I I, I genuinely think because he, he had a period in the in the late. 90s um, to kind of late noughties. He had a 10 year period where he, he was making a lot of films. You know, the, the guy clearly likes making movies, but they were quite big productions. I don't, I don't think he likes that. You know, this is a guy who literally started out, you know, Sex Lies and Videotape. You know, he, he started out being a, a bit of a one man band um, for his filmmaking. And then you know, for a while, couldn't get anything made. You know, he, he had a tricky first 10 years, his film career. Um, and then, you know, out of sight happened and you know, he might have a very profitable 10 years. And then, he, you know, he's been perpetually retiring after every single movie for the past, you know, 14 years. I don't think he like. I think he, at the moment he can be everything. On the on set, and he can control it all. He can do, you know, he can shoot it himself. He can um, edit it himself. 
be the director and essentially have you know final cut and everything. I think he likes that element of it. I don't think he wants to be beholden to a studio. And if you're making a ninety million dollar movie, you kind of in a little bit of a way have to. You can't. You, you wouldn't be able to work the way that he works, and that's fine. I don't think he's bothered about that. I think he's done that. He's tried that. He doesn't need to do it anymore. I just don't think he can be asked. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the film itself. I mean, I, I like that. It's a simple tale, and you know, it's making comments about the pervasiveness of like uh, of, of technology, but it's not necessarily having a damning like a damning opinion. No, it, like it, if it, anything, yeah, like kind of like the Kimmy helps. I, I think her. I think what it's, what it's, I think what it does quite well um, is says, look. Alexa isn't the problem. It's the people who run Alexa that are the problem. Stop blaming these things and not the issue. The people behind it are the issue. (laughs) It will always be people. The AI isn't going to fuck anybody over. This isn't the fucking Terminator. It's not the Matrix. It's the people behind it are going to be the people who fuck everything over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's it. I mean, like you've got people like Kimmy who actually seem to give a shit about their job and whatnot, you know. And it's um, and to be fair, you even get the sense that it's not necessarily the, not necessarily the company, at first anyway. It's because it's like right, chuck whatever money you need to at the problem just make it go away but it's not necessarily the company is inherently evil but people within the company are given a shitload of money by that guy to make it all go away and then it goes on from there yeah um and which i i don't know i think is interesting and it's zoe kravitz i think is is fantastic here yeah um because again, she, you, you you feel for her, but she does come across as a little bit of a dick as well. <laughs> yeah, just little, yeah, little bit of a dick. Like, but having to kind of negotiate life. I'll be honest. I kind of feel like it's almost like what people who are self isolating are probably going to have are probably starting to have to deal with now. Where it's like you've got people giving the fucking veneer of um, sympathy, but with people also thinking like, "Well, shit, the rest of the world's getting back to normal. Why won't you?" You know, it, it, it's that 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 kind of thing. And like the the fact you have to kind of raise your defenses. I can imagine like immunocompromised people having to fucking be like that and having kind of having to be dicks because of like the situation that they're in, um, and obviously. Soderbergh wasn't thinking about that at the time, but it, it feels like something that could like could crop up now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 you do get on board with her, and I, I, I thought her the, the the way that when she's out, she's just got her hood up and she's looking down and she's walking fast. 
you know that that feels yeah that's exactly what that kind of people would, uh, person would do but yeah. she's not doing an impression no she, she, she's not she's not she's not gripping to the wall and like sliding herself across or anything like that or having yeah. like you're not having like yeah. those close up shots of pe- of like her freaking out seeing people and bits like that she's just very much I need to get to this place and I need, I'm uncomfortable with this so I'm just going to put my head down and I'm just going to go which is yeah. yeah feels like you say it feels like quite that realistic Yeah, it, 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 exactly. Um, I thought Devin Rattray, um, who I think is in a little bit of trouble now, uh, like from personal life, maybe not the greatest guy in the world, apparently. But I thought I thought he was all right here. Um, it, his his character kind of like watching her you see that a couple of times early on in the film and then it's just like no it's not like a necessarily a sinister thing it's well i mean i don't know he's watching her through binoculars but it, it's not necessarily he's gonna like kill her in her sleep or anything like that which is almost what the film is setting up but no it's just he's also lonely was an interesting aspect yeah um and I thought it played into Kimmy's character well, where she's not like "you're gross, get away, like get away from me." She's just like "thank you," you know. I, 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 I like the kind of I don't know the, the human recognition of like, okay, you, you're also, you also don't leave the house. I know how how you feel there. Mm. Um, I thought that was interesting. I, I, and it, it, I don't know. I mean, like the the, the ending kind of wrong footed me a little bit because I thought it was going to go really dark. I thought that after she killed all those people, I thought he was going to bleed out and then the guy was going to come over and it was going to be like, right, she's gone fucking nuts and killed all these people. <laughs> um, and I'm glad, it, I'm really glad it didn't. Yeah, um, I had quite a nice positive ending. Yeah, I mean, you got the fucking breeders like on the soundtrack and whatnot. It's like, fuck it, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's probably one of the most expensive things on the film was licensing that track. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I just thought it was again. I, I, well, we were talking about on collateral. I think it's a really solid genre exercise, which no one is talking about because it's content, and that's a shame. But Soderbergh seems happy enough to do this model, so fair play. That's it. Yeah, it, it, it's a good, it's a good film. Um, it's a good gets in, gets its shit done. Tells it. There's not a lot of story there, but it's ninety minutes long. Don't need to a lot of story there. Mm. Yeah, I had, a re- I had a really good time with Kimmy. Actually, I think it, it's very good. Um, as always, I, I always have the, the, the matter, even if I like a Soderbergh. I never get on with his use of score. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just the way he uses score. I don't no, like it. It, it, it it's a it's Cliff did. Martinez, isn't it? It, it, it? I think it's a bad score, and he doesn't normally do bad scores. No, he doesn't. When she's being chased by those guys, it, it, yeah, and it's like almost like a dreamlike it's bit, score. Yeah, it's like playful and a bit. It doesn't. Add, it doesn't. It doesn't make it feel threatening or anything like that. It makes it feel a little bit jaunty. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
it, it's odd. Mm. Odd fucking score. No, you're right. The score's actually probably the worst overall aspect of the film. Yeah. Because there are other moments as well where it's like, why is it doing this? Yeah, it 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 it, it feel it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it it, it it's it doesn't feel like the score was made for this film. Mm. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think the only the only negative I've had will be the score and the generic as fuck um, bad guys. Um, I like I liked they the are are, they? yeah, but that the henchman bad guys just felt a little bit like they felt a little bit too cartoonish for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not the focus. I get it, you know, but yeah. They're not the focus, are they? No. It just felt a little bit like... Just the guy with the glasses and they're all dressed in black and the it just felt a little bit like... This, yeah. But they're real. But they didn't. It's still a four out of five movie for me. It's definitely not shit. Yeah, four. Yeah, same. Four out of five. Definitely not shit. Yeah. Yep. Our audience poll though, definitely not shit. Thirty three percent. Touching cloth zero percent and shit sixty seven percent. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little bit surprised by that. Hmm. So am I. Yeah. Uh... Ooh, questions, we have some. Let me just find them. Let's go. Um, Dylan Black Lanterns. As it was recently Valentine's Day, does anyone have any memorable films that they went to see on a date? I went to see American Beauty at a complex that also had a club next door, so the whole film had a dull thud of a 4x4 kick underneath it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um... First film I took to see Donna at the cinema was Wolf Creek. <laughs> You're a bit telling me this. <laughs> Donna, who's not a horror film fan? <laughs> not particularly. She did like him back in the day, mind, but no, ever since lots. No way. No, no, no. Um, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I've had a... Uh, I, don't, I mean, like, Fright Fest, I... Fell asleep during a midnight one. What's not particularly memorable because I don't remember the film. But I woke up. I was in the front row, and the director was there. And apparently they did a Q and A, and I was asleep. <laughs> and I woke up, and there was no one else left in the screening other than the people cleaning up the screen. So even the director, like, was just there with me asleep in the front row during the Q and A. <laughs> I mean that so that was the night that I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels and Jord being the just incredible social animal that that man is um, like was just talking to Ty West Lucky McKee and uh, Larry Fessenden and I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels and we were in that pub by by the cinema, I God, what is it the called? Imperial. I remember the name. The Imperial. Thank you. Um, and I just straight up had a bottle of Jack Daniels out on the table that I brought in, and we were just drinking it. And Ty West, bless him, obviously not a massive fan of drinking out of bottles that other people are drinking out of, 
seemed to be so uncomfortable and I just was such a dick. <laughs> and I was just like, go on, fucking do it. Go on, just fucking drink it. Um, and then I went to this like midnight showing of this film, woke up and then uh, in something that I've done a surprising amount of times, took me about three hours to walk 20 minutes. <laughs> and that was at the hostel that I stayed at that year where the following morning someone was jerking off in a bunk above me and as he climaxed, a copy of Twilight fell off his fucking bunk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was rough. But I got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I got five nights in central London for £20. Is that High Holborn by any chance? Oh, no, was that, was that like a hostel bit? No. It was a hostel, dude. I was like 24 beds in the same room. Oh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I could not do that. It was cheap, son. It was cheap. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'd be me. That's a story, isn't it? I've had cinemas. Um, I think the first, day, first one I took back to see on a date was She's All That. Um... My weirdest one um, was when I was about 14. Um, I went to see... um, What fucking film was it? I think it was Men in Black. Yeah, it will have been. I went to see Men in Black when I was 14 with a girl called Wendy. um, Who literally... (laughs) Um, got incredibly like fucking like like weirdly like like this is what she thought horny was not actually horny um, and literally ripped my shirt open and like in the middle of the fucking cinema like full blown like oh, buttons wow. just flopped, all flew off my shirt. Um, and so I had like a shirt on that had no buttons on it now because Wendy had ripped it off and then literally mounted me <laughs> in the fucking screening. And I was like, "This is this this is a, a bit like fucking odd." And she was like groaning and making yeah, noises. Yeah, calm down. Uh, and it was a little bit like that. <laughs> and I was like, "I'm not interested in that interesting in the film. I prefer to be making out with Wendy." But you've made it really obvious that's what's happening, and now it's a bit yeah. fucking weird. <laughs> it was, it was intense. <laughs> you know, like in Wedding Crashers, uh, when Isla Fisher's going a little bit on um, Vince Vaughn, it was a bit like that. And then I had to like, I, I had to like walk out of the cinema, um, and like. Go. She was like, "Like, oh, we'll go get something to eat." McDonald's was like, "Yeah, I have no buttons on my shirt." Wow, we. <laughs> yeah. It was Adam, odd. <laughs> not quite that, but a girl I was seeing who, you know, I like was just apparently very, very into me. 
and was making that very known during Big Fish. <laughs> that's not a that's not a that type of movie. No, no, that's that's the thing. It's not, and it felt really fucking weird, you know. And I mean, but at the time, also kind of awesome because I don't know. I had like a year in uni where I, like I, I'll be honest I was like weirdly like doing well with girls and I'd, I'd like I don't know like I don't know how but like that at the, then it was like yeah this is weird but this is awesome and I do kind of want to watch the film though. <laughs> and it was like, I had to kind of, I actually was like, can we just chill it out for a bit? Because I want to watch Tim Burton's Big Fish. <laughs> um, just like, just sit like, tapping her away and going, no, no, fucking hell, <laughs> Jesus. No, but dude, honestly, right? If it was a year before, I would have been like, are you fucking insane? What are you doing? <laughs> but, I had grown that cocky, um, but then I had a I had a long dry spell, um, well not long, but um, and then Donna came into my life and everything changed. So you know, I I, um, I, I weirdly ran into the girl Wendy about because I'd known her for a oh, while. Wow! And I ran into her um, once on a night out, only about. Must be about seven or eight years ago, um, in York, um, and happened to be with somebody that, that that we both went to school with, and I was on a night out with with them, um, and she was on a night out with some of her friends, and she was fucking hammered, um, and I was constantly getting texts um, from my mate who I was out with saying, "We need to leave this bar now because if not, I think you're you're about to get raped." <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is really fucking awkward. Can we go? And literally, he was like, he's like, yeah, I just need to do one thing. I was like, all right, go off and fucking do that because this is fucking weird. Do what the one thing he had to do was went to the bar and got more drinks and brought them over. <laughs> I was like, you nice. fucking prick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, it was incredibly uncomfortable. Like to the point of where I walked out and was like, that was verging on assault, what was going on there. Yeah. <laughs> my mate was oh, like, wow. like, yeah, there was an awful lot. She was like, she was literally, at one point, she had her hand just on your crotch. I was like, yeah, it was weird. What's the next question? It's not as, it's not as personally revealing, I don't think. Yeah, well, um, yeah. With the recent increase of films not in the English language getting recognition in awards, nominations, slash wins, what are your favourite films not in the English language that you wish had received recognition in the past? Um, I mean, the obvious one there is All oh, Boy Should Have Won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Old oh, Boy, I mean, uh, if you were to look at Miyazaki or something, I mean, it kind of feels like 
if best animated feature existed before Shrek won the first ever best animated feature, um, let's remember that Shrek won the first best animated feature. That's mad. Um, mm, I think Spirited Away was like literally the year after. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but um, if if that hadn't happened, I think I think Princess Mononoke would have. I think Grave of the Fireflies probably would have. Um, I think maybe, nah, probably not Totoro, but I don't know. I mean, Akira. Ooh, Akira is a good shout, actually. Yeah, Akira is a very good um, shout. You know, you look at how well that film stood up and how it's influencing now. Um, I mean, you, oh, wow, I mean, it's a hell of a question, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, you, you've got some of like in terms of just my favourites for just general films, um, things like the, the Jalo ones are quite good to watch, like Tenebrae and things like that, um, and Deep Red. As the not dubbed versions, it can be quite good to watch those there. Um, but the weird thing is, they're all kind of dubbed; they're just dubbed into different languages. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of like the like the J horror stuff I got quite into at the time. Um you know, I think in nowadays I think I think Pan's Labyrinth probably would win I I, I it's not my favourite Del Toro, but I think Pan's Labyrinth, if it were existed now, I think probably would win Best Picture. I mean that that, that, that I mean that was fascinating though, because it was nominated for all sorts of other Oscars and then doesn't win the one you that... did, did it win Best International Feature, did it? No, the lives of others. Did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was the lives of others, which is a good film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the first like full blown like, uh, with exception of like uh, things like Akira and stuff like that, I think one of the first full blown uh, um, full foreign language films I watched um, was nineteen hundred, like all five and a bit hours of it. <laughs> Mm. And that's a fucking mad one. Um, yeah, it, that's a film where I would say, you know, nobody ever needs to watch it, but it's really good. <laughs> but it's five hours long. Yeah, like who has five hours to watch a really, really bleak film? Like an unbelievably bleak film. Um, yeah, five hours, 17 minutes it is. Fucking hell, that's something. Yeah. There's, it's incredibly uncomfortable as well at points to watch. You know, there's a bit where I think Donald Sutherland, if I remember correctly, um, puts a cat, ties a cat to a post and then just runs into it with his head. To kill it. For no real reason. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, and then there's a bit where he's off his face on coke um, and he's in a like a real small little barn room um, and he's swinging this fucking kid around by his legs um, and he thinks that he, the kid's having a great time um, and that he's having a great time 
and it keeps cutting to a shot of the kid's mother. It isn't his kid, by the way. He's, he's literally just burst into this house. Is the kid's mother just screaming in the corner because what Donald Sutherland is cut to mind doesn't realise is the kid's head is just constantly fucking hitting the wall and he's now just swinging around this dead kid. It's fucking bleak. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, you're alright. Yeah, no one needs to watch it, but it is actually a fantastic movie. <laughs> Yeah. Bertolucci at his best. Mm. Yeah. I just think I... Uh, yeah, don't, you don't need to watch it. Repeatedly. Yeah, you don't need to watch it. There's, 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 there's a lot of... Do you know what you should do? You should watch both Uncharted... Both National Treasures and Uncharted, because it's around about the same length. Yeah, there you go. So that <laughs> it's a much better time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was it for our questions there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, next week, might have to have a little discussion here. We're going to see Dog. Yeah. Okay. Am I right in thinking that that, that to make sure people go and see this movie, they have confirmed that the dog doesn't die? Yep, that's the reason why I have decided to go, yes, all right, I will see this, because it has been confirmed that the dog does not die. If the dog, if there was... Any indication that the dog may die, I would not be seeing this film. Yeah, they they literally have done that, so people will go and see it, haven't they? <laughs> yep, but there is a TV spot where at the end it says, "Don't worry, the dog doesn't die at the end." Oh, no, the dog does not die in this film. Yeah, because it did, it, 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 it did, it did get that vibe, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, also, though, the new Texas Chainsaw is on Netflix on Friday. Yeah, I'll be watching that anyway. So, we will talk about them. And I might talk about some Oscar bobberers. I don't know. Horizon Forbidden West is out on Friday, so I might not. I might just chuck a bunch of money at that game. Well, then you can talk about that. And play... Sorry? And then, well, you can talk about that. <laughs> oh, that's... Film bastards, isn't it? Talk about that shit here. Game twats. Um, yeah, there you go. Game twats. <laughs> good idea. Pardon me. Good idea. Um, right. Okay. So uh, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Um, don't have anything else to say. Said all the stuff at the start. Thank you ever so much for uh, uh, being here, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And thank you kindly for being here on Film Bastards. We hope you have a pleasant week. And remember, Jason Reitman is just a human being. (laughs) This week. (laughs) This week. Good night. Good night.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.